Soundstripe. And we are back for week five. I'm Matt. He's Dave. This is the spread zone, folks. (laughs) The spread zone. We're back. You might actually call it the loser zone after last week. Pretty poor. (laughs) Look, not even winners have bad days, you know, even winners have bad weeks. (laughs) One in four by both of us on our picks. I, I will say... 4-0 on my league course of locks of the week going outside the box a little bit there on the LA Rams they made it interesting till the end but we want to go quick into our power rankings top five for the year just after uh, week four we are in the quarter mark almost of the season four games in Dave what are your thoughts on your top five so far Oh, well, it's, it's been an interesting year so far. I'm going to say number five, I have the Cowboys. We'll, we'll see a lot about where they measure up without Trayvon Diggs in a, a big test this week against the 49ers who have ended their season the last couple of years. Uh, but right now, I do think we saw, you know, when they're focused and playing well, the, the Cowboys can blow the, the mediocre teams out of the water. And now we're going to start to see them stack, see how they stack up against good teams. Uh, number four, I will have the defending champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Definitely an uneven start, particularly for the offense. The defense looks pretty good overall. You can't really nitpick too much. Um, I think most people with functional eyesight can see that they likely win that week one matchup against Detroit if they have Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey. Definitely a little a little interested to see where that offense goes, but I, I trust them to get it together. Number three, the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, maybe the maybe the most talented team from top to bottom, but have not looked that great overall. Jalen Hurts does not look like he's playing at the level of last year. So we'll see with them. Number two, the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, another team like Kansas City that suffered a week one loss to an inferior opponent, but have looked pretty awesome since. Josh Allen, ever since that bad week one, has looked like the second best quarterback in football, which I believe he is. He's a- uh, and then number one, the San Francisco 49ers. The weakest spot on the team is the quarterback, and he's played very well so far. Every every other part of that offense is just – and the whole d- team is just loaded top to bottom – and they've played like it. They've certainly been the most impressive team so far. So uh, it's, a, it's a it's a well-oiled machine, right? The San Francisco. So Kyle Shanahan, that, that roster top to bottom is probably the best in the league. So, so I'm going to go from first to five. To number one for me is Buffalo Bills. I think after last week against the Dolphins, the hottest team in the NFL, maybe even more so than San Francisco. You've got Tua, Tyreek Hill, Waddle. Mostert and Achain as well. That defense, if they play, continue to play at that high level, we'll see with that Tredavious White injury, how that will go. Number two, obviously San Francisco. I, I think it's really, it could be 1A and 1B, honestly, for, for Buffalo, San Francisco. Number three, you've got Mahomes. It's Kansas City for me. Philadelphia is number four. I agree with you, Hurts. That back end of the defense, I just think you can get after them in terms of putting up numbers. Obviously, we saw that against the Vikings. They had, I believe, two to three 
fumbles, turnovers in the game, still kept it close. Uh, and then number five, for me, I, I'm going to go with Miami. I think the big question mark is going to be that defense after what Josh Allen did last week. I think that's obviously a concern, but that offense is just so good. I, I think he, that that's the part. And obviously we're still worried about Tua, right? That is he going to be healthy for the year? So for me, Buffalo, San Francisco, Kansas City, Philly, Miami. And with Dave, you have again? San Francisco, Buffalo, Philly, Kansas City, and then Dallas. And that's our quick power rankings, rapid fire for week five. Now we're going into the fan zone. Let's talk first about the Cowboys Patriots game. Let's change it up, Dave. So it's you gave Bill a nice little ass whooping. How did that feel up there with the, those mass holes? Well, you know that was uh, thirty-eight to three. Cowboys get the job done. Uh, was never really in doubt. The worst loss of Bill Belichick's coaching career. Also, the worst uh, halftime deficit he had ever faced at, at twenty-five points. And so thorough domination. I mean, my my first thought was that the Cowboys D almost won this game in the week leading up to it with just what they have on tape. Um, it looked like Mac Jones just started out the game absolutely terrified. He was locking in on receivers. He didn't seem like, I don't know if that's Bill telling him with his prior experience with Stephon Gilmore, he was not interested in really going the way of of wherever Steph, Stephon Gilmore was, only mm-hmm. three targets the whole game, no completions. Seemed like he really made it his mission to try to pick on Deron Bland there, shifting to the outside to take over for Trayvon Diggs. You know, he threw across his body several times in the first half just to go after the man that Bland was covering, resulted in an incompletion, a pick six, and a second interception. You know, just a terrible performance from Mac Jones. It it just really seemed like he was seeing ghosts before the game even started. Just never looked comfortable in the pocket. Parsons, Michael Parsons just wrecked this game. It's sort of an example of why stats can sometimes be misleading. Demarcus Lawrence is a player who the Cowboys fan base will never fully appreciate how good he is just because he doesn't post 16 sack seasons. But his effect on the game is, you know, much more than just sacks. Michael Parsons did not record a sack on Sunday, but he had 10 pressures and 10 hurries on 27 pass rush snaps. Just absolutely ripped the game. The interior I mean, that, of the Cowboys. That just says the game right there, right? 10 pressures, yep. 10, 10 hurries. Yeah. Uh, you and, know, and like you said, no was, sacks was, can be overrated. Right. And was clearly limping for about two-thirds of the game as well. And still out there doing it. Just completely controlled and dominated that game. Uh, the Cowboys linebacking core looked a lot better than they did in that loss to the Cardinals. Uh, Demel Clark had an excellent game, was the second highest rated um, linebacker in the NFL this week, according to Pro Football Focus. Um, so he bounced back well. The other, um, you know, one of my other takeaways was uh, we finally started to see the, the defensive line healthy. Getting back there, they had four of their five starters healthy Tyler Smith, Zach, uh, Tyler Biotish, and um, Zach Martin Zach all Martin. back together. That that on the interior is just murder on opposing defenses. Tyler Smith, you know, remember he was a rookie last year, was drafted to start at left guard, but ended up spending his season at left tackle because Tyron Smith had injuries. So, and he's currently rated the number one guard in all of football. And, by and football did, he came out of what, Tulsa, right? Was he the Tulsa, tackle? Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. he play tackle in college or no? He played, he played right tackle in college. Okay. 
but was thought, sort yeah. of projected as guard and tackle, you know, both. Um, and I mean, these are the, the first snaps at left guard in his pro career. Uh, he missed the first couple weeks of this season and has been absolutely dominant since, you know, I, I think the Cowboys, obviously, you're going to have to move on from Tyron Smith here in the next year or two. I think they would probably do well to at least make it first make an attempt to replace Tyron Smith at left tackle and keep Tyron Smith right. at left guard. He was pretty good last year at left tackle, but he is absolutely dominant at left, what, left what, guard. What do you think is going on with Tyron Smith, too? Um, I saw your tweet with Jerry Jones saying he's probably not ready for a few more weeks, but yet he's dressing. Any insight yeah. there on that? I, I mean, from what I was able to to tell looking into that, it seems like it might have been, at least last week, just a matter of them wanting to have eight offensive linemen dressed for the game. But that doesn't – that if Zach Martin and Todd Biotish were coming back after just last week, you'd think they would have had them dressed for that game last week because they were closer right. to coming back. So right. it's possible that they're just because of the, the repeated injuries and issues that Tyron Smith has had with that knee in the past, that they're just trying to be just incredibly overly conservative in hopes of making sure that his long-term availability isn't in question. But that, that I think we'll get into this a little later that I think could be the, the thing that this game against the 49ers swings on, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. Chuma Doga has been, fine better than i think most observers would have expected at last left tackle filling in for him but you need better than fine when you're going up against that 49ers d-line against nick bosa but they still have yet to run a snap with their projected 2022 or 2023 starting lineup in the last year and four games so if they can ever get that Go and you know, fucking like look out if they can That'd ever get that That'd be a damn going. good line. It'd be damn yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, but in the meantime, you know the the that interior is just is just dominant. If they can stay healthy, I still think they're going to have a good line no matter what. And then the red zone issues that we've obviously seen, and you know, were all the talk this this past week. Um, there was some improvement there. Still some you know settling for field goals, but. In terms of play calling, I thought it improved. There was a seam pass to Luke Schoonmaker that was an absolute dime by Dak Prescott that should have been caught for a touchdown, you know, in the red zone. Mm-hmm. The touchdown to C.D. Lamb there early does not go down as a technically red zone touchdown, but it was at it was from the 20-yard line. So just, I guess, a half a yard outside the red zone. It counts as the same thing. And then we saw late them give the ball to Hunter Lipke, the undrafted rookie fullback out of North Dakota State, and he plowed it on in, and it seems like they're giving him more and more snaps working in. Mike McCarthy's always been fond of a fullback. You know, they've they've worked him in more and more as the weeks have gone on. I could see him maybe filling that short yardage goal line role that, that Ezekiel Elliott uh, played in years past. Um, if you look at some of his film at North Dakota State, he's, he's – a, a pretty solid athlete for, you know, what you would expect for a big lumbering fullback. So he, he definitely has a little juice to him. So we'll see that how that goes moving forward. One of those games, the, the Cowboys have had a strange year. It's one of those games where it was tough to really know how much to take away from it because it was just an absolute avalanche. It's, it yeah. seems like if, if the Cowboys start the game off in any decent shape, then they, they very well might just blow you out of the water. And that's a totally so seems, it seems like the momentum, right, on defense, if they yeah. have that going, they got that swagger, yeah. then they're going to be like, we got you. 
you're really you're really in a bad place if if you just can't get down double digit points to the Cowboys defense. Otherwise, they just peel their pin their ears back and just attack you, and you're you're done. At that point. It's we'll we'll it's going to be a, an interesting test this week. We'll yes. see both for Brock Purdy and for that Cowboys defense. So we'll you see. Think, you think that's going to be game of the year? We'll I mean, see. I, I mean, early. I think. I, I think two weeks ago, I probably would have said yes. I, I do think with Trayvon Diggs and a healthy Tyron Smith, I think the Cowboys would are a better team than the 49ers. I think the difference would be a quarterback ultimately in, in that matchup because the rest yeah. of the rosters are very evenly matched. But we'll see. It's a good litmus test for them. I mean, you know, you're on the road. You're you're in against the, the clear-cut, to me, best team in the NFC so far this yeah. season. We'll see. It, it's... I'm, I don't know if it's going to be the game of the year. I do know it's going to be the most highest, the most high rated TV I game was so gonna far. Say, NBC <laughs> is like, thank you NFL for allowing yeah. us to have after lot. You know, I don't know if you saw the numbers for Sunday night chiefs jets. It was 27 million viewers. Yep. Yep. Highest I rated games in the last chiefs game. <laughs> I think this game though might exceed that. Yeah. Well, you, you've got to, you know, the, the teams are, there's two good teams rather than one good team and one team, you know, you have two premium names, two of the, the four or five marquee franchises in the sport. So, you know, I, I think they're going to have no problems putting in their, their best rating total thus far this season. And we'll see if any game beats it on Sunday night football this year. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I don't have to worry about these cutaways to freaking. Taylor Swift, you know, for the for that game. Good gosh, it's it's. We still got a few days before Sunday for her to dump Travis Kelsey and start dating Brock Purdy. So don't speak too soon. This is true because you know what, her movie comes out in a few weeks, guys. I think this is ultimately the scheme that's going on. She's dating him to get a little bit different of a viewer, so she can make even more money. Who knows? But that's a great segue for us to move on to the Chiefs Jets game, first quarter. We are just humming. 17 points. You're thinking, oh, man, Zach Wilson's in the game. This is going to be a blowout. Rest of the game, three points. I think a lot of the issues the offense has been having, especially glaring in that first game against the Lions, showed up again. Chiefs wide receivers, seven receptions, 65 yards receiving. Sky Moore, zero catches, two targets. It's been a disappointing year for him so far. I really expected, you know, it, it's it's understandable when a you know a non top twenty overall yes. wide receiver struggles in his first season. That's typically the case with that. You know, later second, third, fourth round picks at wide receiver take about a year. I thought this was going to be a year for him to really break out, and so far we just haven't seen that. I I don't. I don't know if it's an issue of still trying to understand the the route tree with Andy Reid, Kadarius Tony's having issues as well. I mean, he's kind of been a non-factor. Obviously, injuries are just going to be his Achilles heel. But there is a big, you know, a true concern, I think, about the players getting open, lack of experience. Who's going to fill that role of go-to guy down the stretch when when Travis Kelsey is double covered? I, I have a list of Rasheed Rice, the rookie. Out of SMU, I would love to see Justin Ross get more snaps. Just see what's out there. I I, I don't understand why he can't get any reps. 
it's been it's been especially when all the the talk you heard out of training camp was how high they are on him, how you know they think they really found something here to then see his almost complete disappearance from the offense. I think he only has what one catch for six yards all season. I think yeah, yeah. Baffling. So I mean I I don't it would be one thing if you had a solid set in stone top two or three in that wide receiver depth chart, but I don't see why you, you don't, if you're Andy Reid, give him a shot. I mean, someone, no one has, no one has who, proven themselves worthy right. who, of, of unquestioned starters. Who, who stood out? Oh, because they maybe block a little bit better. Fine. Don't put them in on a, on a, a screenplay, whatever. And then I've got Noah Gray. He, he's out of Duke. I think it's his fourth year. He's done well, but athletically still, I just think that, piece for him he stepped up he had a great touchdown catch i believe around 35 yards that was the longest touchdown uh, of the year for the chiefs in the you know from the air pacheco oh well he did 20 carries 115 yards 5.8 average per carry one touchdown he is just a monster and it's again i think we talked about it via text earlier dave about just showing how i think Unfortunately, you have to say irrelevant running backs are in that first round. Uh, it's a waste. It's a waste of a pick. It's a value pick. I think uh, Pacheco was in the seventh round. Look at Clyde Edwards Hilaire. First round, he has been a bust. Even more to the point, even if they had hit on Clyde Edwards Hilaire as a first rounder there, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that maybe his production, you know, would be even if he played exactly as well as they thought he would. What he showed on tape at LSU, maybe maybe he's ten percent, fifteen percent better than what you're getting out of Pacheco. So that's sort of the whole point. It's like, yeah, okay, the first round running back might be Saquon Barkley is better than a fourth round guy no when question. he's on the field. <laughs> Is he three rounds better than him? He or is it you know a difference of a five or ten percentage points? Is it a B plus to an A minus, and is that really worth spending a first round pick? And it's you, you keep hearing we can talk you know we'll talk a little bit more I think about the Lions later on, but like you know with Gibbs, it's like oh wait till you see what we do and where we put them on the field you know after getting them in the first round, and with that point with 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 Andy Reid. He's using three, four different backs in the game. I mean, you've got McKinnon, you know, great receiver out of the backfield. Last year he had around uh, over 10 touchdown pass catches. So he's a weapon. They've got Pacheco. They they still play Edwards Hilaire. So I just think it's we need to ground and pound a little bit more. I think he needs to be consistent in that moving forward. Can we create a little bit more play action? Mahomes was weird too. I mean, you're just kind of wondering with those two picks, you know, he saw him kind of throw the motion of like, he's trying to get the ball to dip, right? He didn't throw it far enough. He was 18 of 30, 203 yards, one touchdown, two picks. He had seven big carries, 51 or rushes, 51 yards. Those two runs, we we can go into my next comment is, is the officiating. Get over it, Jeff Jets fans. That was holding for me on on Sauce Gardner. But also, we could go back to the the second quarter, I think, with that phantom horse collar call. 
after the safety that even that safety maybe probably shouldn't have been called a safety because it started before going into the end zone. So I think those calls kind of evened out towards the end of the game anyway. And then, you know, I see that, oh, well, there's a hold on that uh, another run. Well, Travis Kelsey also got tackled and held at the line of scrimmage. So I, I think it evens out, honestly. I think the better team obviously won. I think it's a testament to that Jets defense. No wonder the Bills had trouble with them week one and lost, honestly. Yeah. And if Zach Wilson shows what he did against the Chiefs defense, the rest they'll of the year, yeah. The, yeah, the, there's a shot that makes playoffs. Yeah, he he played very well. You know, they they did at least get that that win against Buffalo, so they're in a little bit better shape. They're not as out of it as they would have been, you know, had they not gotten that one done. You know, at least they're on the board with a win. Obviously, you know, I don't think New England's going to be a factor. They did lose to them last week. If if they can get some steady improvement as Wilson, the defense is good enough to keep them in a lot of games. They'd have to pull a few upsets and probably have a few things go their way but they certainly have the defense to get it done. If Zach Wilson can get in a position where he's starting to actually hit Garrett Wilson or just give him a chance and he'll make a lot of plays. But then I also think it was not a coincidence that you saw the running game, Brees Hall have his best game of the season because the Chiefs defense actually had to pay it a little bit more attention to the pass game and it opened up some more space for Brees Hall. And I mean, that's, they have a lot of talent on offense. It's just, it can, you get opposing defenses to have to, to respect all of it. Right. Right now, all they're respecting is the run game. Oh, and and, uh, I, I think that my last point is I think Spags in that defense, as young as it is, has done really well. I would, I'm impressed with the tackling, I think the coverage has been pretty darn good all year. I, I'm excited for, for that part. I think the Chiefs, and, and it's the NFL, right? Every game is going to be competitive. So to be honest, you win and move on. It's another game. You're 3-1. and one. I'm not super worried. Talk to me in about four weeks after that Chiefs-Dolphins game in Germany. Maybe we'll then, you know, have a better idea of kind of where that offense is. But um, right now, as disappointing as those three quarters were for the offense, that first quarter, man, they looked really good. And that's yeah, I think I think what they're they're starting to remind me a little bit in a lot of ways of uh, last year's Cowboys, and you know that you after they got rid of Amari Cooper, they basically just had one guy getting consistent separation in CD lamb and the, you know, for the chiefs, that's Travis Kelsey right now. And it sort of led to Dak Prescott feeling like he's got to force some balls into some tight windows, maybe make some decisions. He wouldn't love to just because you got to throw the ball to someone and you got to get the ball in there at something. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. I think that's all the more reason why they really need to, try anybody on that offense to, to get someone to stick as, as a number one and number two receiver. So Mahomes can settle down and get a little bit more comfortable out there and, you know, get back to his full self. Cause I don't think we've seen in any game so far, you know, peak Mahomes. No, I agree. I agree. And it's still early. So that that's our fan zone. We're going to move on to week four review. We're going to go to our surprises first. Number one, it 
disheartens me to say this, the Buffalo Bills. 48 to 20 victory over the Miami Dolphins. Yes, I agree with you, Dave, what you said earlier. Josh Allen, second best quarterback in the league right now. He looked like just a man amongst boys. 21 of 25, 320 yards, four touchdowns, zero picks, four rushes, 17 yards, one touchdown on the year. Decent numbers, obviously, five touchdowns, four picks, 6.6 yards per average, 728 yards total. But we'll try to do that since that was a. No, was that before? Ah, oh, shoot. Okay. That we're, makes we're sense. He's hitting a 75% completion percentage, nine touchdowns, four teams on the year. Yeah. I mean, I think if you look, what was impressive about that was just how quickly he was getting the ball and how accurately his decision making, which obviously with Josh Allen, you're, you're going to have to live at some point with him firing some, some balls into some tight windows, maybe making a couple of risky decisions, but his decision making was really sound. He never looked even slightly frazzled in the pocket a very commanding performance for him. And, you know, the, the four, only four carries and, and just that one touchdown on the, on the scramble showed he was at no point really thinking run first for the most part, only when he had to, he was just, it was just target practice for him out there. One of, one of the most impressive games I've ever seen him play. And, you know, he's someone who's had some really crazy games before. So that it was an impressive performance. You know, I, you, you had a feeling the Dolphins were going to come back to Earth a little bit. Um, I certainly expected uh, a more competitive performance from them. Uh, definitely, even though it was perfect weather, it wasn't a factor. I think the home field advantage really helped. The crowd was really loud. And they're, the Bills are one of those teams where if they're at home and they get a couple early touchdowns, you know, the crowd just Bills works itself Mafia up into is a ready to yeah. party. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I and think Stefan Diggs helps too, right? Gabe Davis. Well, yeah, I mean, you. I think another thing you saw in that game was that was uh, the first time that Vic Fangio defense, you could really tell that they were missing Jalen Ramsey. Yep. Um, he was reluctant. I mean, Xavier Howard's a great D-back, but, but Vic Fangio was reluctant, did not have him travel at all with Stefan Diggs during that game. And Obviously, Diggs is such a versatile receiver. You can line him up anywhere, outside, inside. And Ken Dorsey had him do that all game long. And, you know, Xavier Howard played him okay. But when when they were able to get him isolated one-on-one on someone else, he absolutely smoked them, you know, snap in, snap out. And that was really the difference in the game was they just couldn't cover Stephon Diggs. Six receptions, 120 yards, three touchdowns. Bingo fantasy. Yeah. Wow. And also, so far on the year, their passing offense is third, rushing offense is third. That's great balance, obviously, as well. James Cook, what's his name? The Latavius Murray, as well, at running back. As well. Yep, yep. And their passing defense, second. Rushing defense, 22nd. So I will ask you, Dave, Two. it's a two-parter here. I'll, I'll ask you the first one, and then... I did see a report on Von Miller. How how do you think Tredavious White's injury is going to impact this defense? I mean, it's it's a huge blow to them. White, when he's healthy, he's an absolutely elite 
back, just very versatile. You know, you see you see him line up at safety. You see him take snaps at corner. He's one of the better D-backs in the league. I do sort of feel like if any team is is somewhat in a decent position for this, it is the Bills just for the simple fact that he has been hurt a lot here the last right. couple of years. I was going to say you that's... Know, Right. He missed all almost all of last season. You know, he's got he's had several bad injuries. I think it was his ACL two years ago that caused him to miss most of last season. You know, so that's a player that certainly like they've they've got some experience playing without. And so maybe maybe it does not maybe it doesn't hurt them as much, you know, even in I think Jordan Poyer, their great safety, didn't play on Sunday, but yeah, he correct. I don't think he has a long term injury, but him coming back, I think, helps. And then, as you mentioned, you sort of previewed it, Von Miller coming back. I think that's probably, when it really boils down to it, that's probably their answer to that injury because if Von Miller's out there on third downs and in passing situations wreaking havoc, then it you certainly can get away with having corners who can't cover for quite as long. Right. Well, I, I saw the report, Pro Football Talk. He wouldn't bet against him not playing. He might be playing this weekend. He thinks he might be playing, which yeah. I think I think they should take their time. I don't think they should really bring him back till the second half of the year. Let him kind of slowly get back into it. Well, I mean, what's the rush? You got to play into the playoffs, right? They're going to make I, the playoffs. I imagine that you will probably see him out there, you know, exclusively second and third and longs. Like, I don't – you know, I bet – even if he plays this weekend, I bet he's not on the field for more than 20 snaps. I think they ease him in. I imagine that the the way that Sean McDermott sees that is I don't think he envisions him playing three downs, maybe even when he's 100% right, back. Right. I think the best usage with a guy like him, with his age, with his injury history, you're going to get the – you already have a defense that's solid against the rain that's really good on first downs. you got Nick Milano. you got you know those guys out there for those – situations don't you don't your best bet to your the, your best opportunity to have von miller still playing super bowl weekend is if you really really limit him to just when it counts you know all season long right maybe what? maybe you get into january and in the playoffs maybe you let him loose a little bit more but i don't think i don't think you see him play more than 50 percent of the snaps all season and I, it's gonna be a game changer i i think with i i agree kind of evens itself out with White being injured as well. I'm just throwing out this number, Dave. I'm not looking at DraftKings or anything. Over, under, on, and I know we just talked about sacks not being super important, but over, under, six and a half sacks for Von Miller. What are your thoughts? I mean, I think we saw a great uh, example of the reason that I would take the over on that, assuming he's back here in the next couple weeks is he's the type of guy who, much like Khalil Mack, can pile those sacks up in one game in a hurry. You know, you saw Khalil Mack go from having recorded zero sacks on the year going when he woke up Sunday morning right, to right. leading the NFL in sacks and, Sunday. And stay away to... from Derek Thomas's record, you. <laughs> stay away, boy. Stay away. That's his. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think he he's a guy who gets two and three sacks in a game like that. It will just sort of depend on that snap count. The, the, the Bills do have one of those, you know, pass rush rotations where they don't have, you know, someone out there like Parsons or Demarcus Lawrence who's out there for almost all the snaps. 
they don't have a, a D end who's who's been on the field for more than sixty percent of the snaps, and and that's Gregory Russo, and everybody else has been on the field for fewer than fifty percent of their snaps this wow. season. So they mix a rotation in there, which I think is an ideal situation for Von Miller to come back. They can you know ease him in and then chip away. There's not going right. to be any hurt feelings because nobody's used to being out there every down anyway. So it's a good situation right. for him. I, Six and a half. I think it probably just depends on how early he comes back. Absolutely. If he comes back, if he comes back next week, with, this coming Sunday with twelve more games to play, I think I'd probably take the over. I, I mean, I think it's in play. I think the over would be probably. I, I think he'd probably end with eight to ten sacks, honestly, on the year, just depending on when he comes back. So, Buffalo Bills, you are one of our winners of the week. Detroit Lions. 34-20 win over Green Bay on Thursday night. Al was awake. Al Michaels was awake, guys. Just making sure you guys know that with Kirk. He was he was awake, but I would not call him fully engaged. <laughs> <laughs> well, he won't be fully engaged after he sees this game on Thursday night coming up. But I have Detroit in as winners, the surprises, because they've lived up to the hype so far. For the most part, three and one start. I know the opponents haven't been the most earth shattering team. You will go over kind of their upcoming schedule as well. First Carolina, Carolina at Tampa Bay, NFC South at Baltimore, I think is going to tell us a lot. And then versus Vegas, and then you got your bye week. So I, I think you win three out of those four, you're six and two. You're looking good, obviously, as well. I think it's a it's a possible sleeper pick in the NFC. I mean, I, you know, I think I was right there with you. We've both been in agreement before the season. We weren't that high on Detroit. Now, you know, obviously I think getting that Chiefs win definitely sort of changed the calculus of their early season. And, you know, I think they, they, kudos to them. They pulled out everything they had for that game. I think they knew getting out, you know, to that early mm-hmm. Start was key, and honestly, you you previewed their next four games before the bye. But uh, I I mean, I think you take a look at the way their season has gone so far. If they keep Jared Goff healthy, if they if they stay relatively healthy along the lines, I, I mean, I think there's a decent chance they're in play for the number one seed in the NFC. And by no means is that an endorsement that I think that they're any good. I don't think I don't think they belong in you know even close to the same conversation as right. San Francisco, Philly, Dallas, those teams. But you mentioned those easy four games in the bye week. After that, they have five games against still remaining against the Bears, the Vikings, and the Broncos. Two two each with the Bears and Vikings and, and home against the Broncos. Wow. So, so they, they definitely have that. Obviously, they have the NFC North schedule. Uh, and then they also have the second – best or you know out of the nfc because they finished second i think in the nfc north so it's not like it's you know last year so that schedule is not oh yeah and then they have the nfc south and they have the nfc west which you know they already got the the most difficult team out of the way in a victory over them i think there's no reason they shouldn't feel like they could sweep the chargers raiders and broncos you know i think you know, they, they could throw up 12 or 13 wins easily this season as long as they stay healthy. I would still probably almost certainly pick them to lose their first round game in the playoffs, though. I'm I'm just not a big believer, but kudos to them. They came out, they got they took care of business early. They're they're two difficult games early on, the Chiefs and the Packers. They won mm-hmm. the, the them both and 
that made the stumble against the Seahawks irrelevant. So, I mean, kudos to them. They've taken care of business. You know, like you said, no reason they shouldn't expect to go into their bye week at six and two. And then from then, if if they're in there at six and two, they, they are looking at 12 or 13 wins easy, in my opinion. Uh, it sounds like they're going to go over on wins. I, I, I should look at that up real quick. Uh, but Jared Goff, six touchdowns, three picks. 1029 yards on the season he's, I, the he's, that, been, he's been it's just been this is he's been very jared goff you know he's yep. not gonna really light it up but he does typically complete a high percentage of his passes you know he doesn't he's not gonna throw for five touchdowns a game but he doesn't make a ton of mistakes you know he makes some but yep. but he keeps him for the most part to a minimum he's not gonna really go out there and win the game for you but as long as he doesn't lose the game for you, you know, they they are confident in that run game between David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs that they can get the job done. And right. again, kudos to them. They've done it. I, I I think we also really have yet to see that 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 defense, which was very bad the last couple of years, be truly tested. You know, if if you're looking at yeah. as we mentioned, the Chiefs minus their easily their only really threatening pass catching offense in week one or option in week one you know nobody else on that you know geno smith geno smith jordan love you know yeah i mean seattle beat them right so i mean that's that's the point too i i think what's interesting it's like you know stafford obviously left i know they got those picks from the rams but it'd be interesting kind of see matthew stafford on this team i mean you know i don't i don't want to go in deep with that but i i do what say you on the Gibbs Montgomery? You know, Gibbs is 39 rushes, 179 yards, 4.6 average yards per rush, along with 21 zero touchdowns. Montgomery, 69 rushes, 262 yards, 3.8 average, long of 16, five touchdowns. I, I'm confused. I mean, it, it doesn't really make any sense if you've watched their games just very clear that Gibbs is the more dynamic player. I I certainly think, especially when you're talking about a rookie who also was in a rotation at Alabama last year in Gibbs, it, I, I certainly think there's a big role still for Montgomery in that offense, especially more short yardage situations, Fair, things like fine, that. But... He's, he's a great player, but I, I don't really, if you're looking at that, I, I have to think that the reason for the, you know, the imbalance in the number of touches has to be that they're trying to work a, a rookie in. Um, it's not necessarily the snap the snap totals. Montgomery's only been on the field 17 more snaps than Gibbs, but it does seem like a lot of the time Gibbs is just out there as a decoy. Um, but I would like to see them really start to flip that touches, you know, imbalance, especially considering it already seems like they're more comfortable with Gibbs coming out of the backfield as a pass catcher. Then Montgomery he already has then 14 line catches. Line him up um, and, or yeah. put them both in the backfield and shotgun and like try. Yeah. I, I, why, again, it, it goes back to why are you wasting draft picks on people where you probably could have got them in the second round where you probably could have got them. No, there I, was not, player, there was I mean, not, there was nobody. If you read all the reporting about that draft, there was nobody who was strongly considering going into draft night, taking Gibbs in the first round. And then they took a freaking linebacker after that. It's like, I mean, don't oh, get me it's almost like It's almost like I think part of the reason that I'm just not that high on them is because I think that they deserve to suck 
for how poorly they handled their draft capital this season. Like they, the football gods should really be punishing them for being stupid. But so far, it's worked to their advantage. Passing offense is ranked 11th in the league, rushing offense 16th, passing defense 10th, rushing defense 12th. Last year, they were 28th overall. Pretty bad. Rushing defense was 24th last year, so that is a a pretty good improvement so far at the quarter point uh, of the year. I'd like to see – well, again, I I do think the schedule just lines up so perfectly for them that I think at this point they – they're in the driver's seat in the NFC North. They double-digit win seems like a guarantee. I I think we'll know a lot more about that defense after, as crazy it is to say, Baker Mayfield in Tampa Bay and Baltimore. Those are two different types of right. Even if you know, even if we're not blown away by Baker Mayfield, you know, if Mike Evans is healthy in that game, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, all those guys, you know, we'll we'll know a lot more about how the defense is when they put, face a couple of teams with like solid offenses, good quarterbacks, Confident, good to great yeah. quarterbacks. Yeah. Not that Mahomes isn't, but obviously they were yeah. they were down so limited, you know, two right. important plays. Very limited. We're going to our disappointed section of week four. Not feel bad, like just disappointed. Not exactly. Well, I'm pretty mad at the Steelers <laughs> and for Bill Simmons. <clears throat> but that's what you get. That's what you get for listening to Bill Simmons. What are we doing, Pittsburgh Steelers? Dave, tell me that they're, 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 they're going to be around 500 again. What's going on? I, unfortunately, I think that until the the gun is is you know, completely fired on the season and they're under 500. I think you have to assume based on the, the past 17 years of track record that Mike Tomlin will find a way to, to end up at least 500, but it's clear that the process is not working for them. You know, Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator does not really seem to be getting the most out of anybody. Um, I don't think anyone necessarily thought that Kenny Pickett was a a can't miss prospect. I'm not necessarily questioning them for, for drafting him. So, but by the same token, it doesn't seem like he's making much progress so far this season. You certainly expected with a a wide receiver as talented as George Pickens and, you know, a year under his belt, a full training camp as the unquestioned starter that, that this would look a lot better and it, it's just an anemic pass offense so far, you know, at, as, as you have in here, you know, 30th ranked pass offense in the league. Najee Harris kind of starting to give off as much as I hate to say it because he seems like a great kid. Maybe he's starting to give off Trent Richardson vibes a bit. A huge Trent Richardson vibes. Um, as, then, as I tell you, I can't, I can't blame, you know, someone that runs our podcast. I just realized this. You're going to laugh. My computer mic is working, not my damn microphone that I have that was turned on. That's so funny, but it's working, everyone. You can hear me loud and clear, but I don't have my microphone on, (laughs) idiot. So funny. So Kyle, he would be blaming Kyle right now. But (laughs) I think for me, this stat I just found interesting was the whole 9-7-1 in 2021-22 343 yards point or 343 points for 398 points against 2022, 23, nine and eight, 308 points for 
346 points against. Already two and two this year, 62 points for 100 points allowed. Uh, there, there's. Well, I mean, if you look at if you look at last season, that's the it's you know you would expect that that team to be more like a seven and ten team based on that yes. point differential. Yes. If you look at if you look at the year before, also exactly the same seven and ten was is the expected win loss for a point di- differential like that. So I think you you see a little bit that they were. I mean, not that anyone thought they were great either of those years, but you know they made the playoffs twenty twenty one. You know they at least got up there to that magic number for Tomlin. But I think we saw it was a little bit of fool's gold. You know, last season they closed with four four straight wins just to get to nine and eight in the first place, and those wins were over the the Panthers, the Raiders, the Ravens, and the Browns. So. Right. Right. The Ravens and, at that point were, and I were think, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the defensive rankings are obviously unbalanced because of, you know, where the offensive rankings are this year. And I think Matt Canada, if someone's going to fall on the sword, it's got to be the offensive coordinator right now. Pickett just looks lost. They've got George Pickens. They've got Deontay Johnson. They've got to use Warren, the other running back, more. It's just more dynamic. It's different. Their passing offense is ranked 30th in the league, rushing offense 25th. I, I mean, that's going to hurt the defensive ranking, right? And, and just them being on the field way too much. So I, I think for them, they, they've got a lot of issues they've got to solve. Uh, I, do you, How do you think Pittsburgh fans feel? Are they kind of over this, like, 500? Honestly, I love it because I'm not a huge Steelers fan, but, I mean – do you feel like that they're starting to get a little bit frustrated with the Tomlin front office? The thing that you have to remember that's that's difficult is, I mean, we all know some Steelers fans in our life here and there. They they're obviously a special, interesting, unique, terrible uh, towel people <laughs> group of people. But the, the, when it boils down to it, the the franchise does not care. Mike Tomlin, unless the wheels go off and they're two and fifteen, honestly, I bet if they win two and fifteen, they'd bring him back and he'd get one more shot at it. That is just how they they run. You know, you're you're talking about a franchise. Mike Tomlin is the third head coach they've had since 1969. The two guys before that left on their own terms and could have stayed as Fair. long as they wanted to. They won Super Bowls. Tomlin's won a Super Bowl. That is just how the Rooney family operates. Is you know, it's almost like you're in the mafia. You're you're made for life once you're once you're in there. I I think that barring some sort of off the field scandal happening, I think that it'd take more than just the wheels falling off this year for Tomlin to, you know, be in any real danger. I think what's likely to happen, like you said, honestly, I I don't even remember I don't remember the Steelers making a coordinator change in the middle of the season. Maybe Maybe Todd Haley. I don't know. Maybe. No, I think yeah, we lost that. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, or maybe defensive the, coordinator. I, for the most part, they don't even do that. That's not how they handle business or whatever. So I think the most likely outcome if this if this season continues to go poorly, and and by the way, in fairness to them, they are 2-2. Two and two. We're not talking about an 0-4 team. They, right. 
it maybe and maybe we should be talking more about the Texans, right? As surprises more so. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they were close for me. Yeah, you know, enough about the Steelers. We, you know, I, I've I've gone on their whatever. Then, you know, so <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals are our other disappointment this week. Dave, what say you about the Bengals? I, they look all out of sorts defensively we talked about it they look slow they still got a pretty good pass rush but like the the pass rush isn't like there's just it's so far for them it feels like everything that could go wrong has gone wrong it does seem like to me the offensive line sucks just plain and simple The, the offensive line is a real big problem i think the issue with that is that it's not like the offensive line has been an overwhelming strength of theirs the last couple of years of the success they've been having. I think the problem is this. I think Burrow is still even – I mean, nobody thinks Burrow is even close to 100% right now. You know, right. I, I doubt I doubt he will be anytime soon. But Burrow in and of itself is still good enough even at this – you know, level of health, he is still good enough to get the job done and and move a high powered offense with on one leg, basically, as long as he has a clean pocket, you know, healthy burrow is is not as big of an issue than them not having, you know, a very strong pass protection set, he can evade, you know, pretty well, he's more agile than we give him credit for. But this burrow on one leg, like it's not working with with, you know, he's not, he's, He's having to get the ball out quicker than he wants to. You know, mm-hmm. T. Higgins has been in and out of health and hasn't necessarily looked like himself. You know, they've and and you see it with Jamar Chase's you know per- performance this year. You're turning one of the most dynamic guys in the league. He's got under ten yards a catch. I'm at always this point. And it, I'm always and open. and it's because they don't have enough time to get the ball to him down the field. So that you can see that just from if you look at his average, you know, his yards per target is way down. And it's because they don't have enough time to sit and wait for it to develop. Bro can't buy that time because no. of his leg. So it's sort of a, you know, sort of just a, a perfect storm of issues. Well, I, I think the, the secret weapon that the Chiefs sent them as a little parting gift after beating them to the, go to the Super Bowl last year was Orlando Brown. Hope that's fun with you guys because he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> he's I, I, He doesn't suck, but he's a, he's definitely not. He's he's definitely not great. But he's yeah. soft. Good God, I don't even want to get into it. I mean, we could talk about him a little bit. He's soft. He I mean, he just doesn't want to punch back. I feel like, but uh, well, I will say I have more faith in the offense getting it yes. together um, at this point. At some point, it seems like to me if he's still going out there week after week, that that probably means that it's not getting worse. The calf. Obviously, you run the risk of a Kevin Durant situation blowing out the Achilles. But I think Burrow's probably smart enough to not try to run too much on it and put himself in those situations. But I'd imagine he will, you know, slowly start to heal. If they can make it, if they can at least, you know, grab, grab another win or two, hopefully two before their bye week coming up here on the 22nd. Maybe if he gets to that bye week, they grab a, a couple wins, one, at least split their next two games. They can come back and, and mm-hmm. he's a little more healthy. He can I, I have faith in the offense not looking like this all season long. I'm not sure if the defense is going to get any better. They just it looks 
they just look old and slow. They really do. That's it's just not the same defense that it was the last couple of years. I, it, and they scare me when we play them. That defense, that, that, oh, I mean, they gave Mahomes looks fits. not lo- looks this nothing year. like the defense that has really, for the most part. I mean, they've they've handled the Chiefs the last few years. The mm-hmm. Chiefs have been lucky. We're lucky to get by them last year in the playoffs. No Obviously, we saw the Bengals got got them the year before that. So, I mean, it's definitely been a, a dismaying uh, situation for. For them, that's for sure. We'll see. Like I said, I, I'm more confident in that offense getting back to to full strength. And if if you can get a full strength Joe Burrow at some point for the second half of the season, then he's good enough to he's good mm-hmm. enough that they could he can still you know save their season single handedly. But the vibes are bad right now. Vibes are real bad. So that we've got two AFC North teams in our disappointments, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cincinnati Bengals. Now it's time for team of the week. We talked to them about them in the surprises section. It's you, the Buffalo Bills. Congratulations. We're going to be sending you a, a trophy, Josh Allen, after this week. But we're, we're going to go to our favorite segment, honestly, the Hunter's Bum of the Week segment. Dave's got some good stats. We're, we're first going to give Mac Jones his due. 12 of 21, 150 yards, two picks. Looks completely lost and unable to process against the Dallas Cowboys. You are our bum of the week, Mac Jones. Anything it's, else to add, Dave, to, to Mac? I do just want to give a special little honorable mention, bum of the week, to the New York football teams, the Jets and the Giants. Um, our fun little factoid of the day is there are – Two teams in the NFL this season that have not taken an offensive snap while leading the game. And they are the New York Giants and the New York Jets. Neither team has taken an offensive snap while in the lead in this season. Which seems hard to imagine, but Hold if on, you think but about they've it, won a game, right? They've each won a game. The Jets came back on those turnovers overtime. by Josh Allen, and then won. They were ne- they never led in that game until overtime, and they won on a walk off punt return touchdown. I believe the the Giants came back and tied it against Arizona, mm-hmm. and then hit a walk off field goal to win the game. So they never have. So neither team has uh, run a snap uh, on offense in the lead this season, and. That seems hard to do in four games if you've won one. And that is an incredible stat, Dave. Thanks for sharing. And that is our week four review. We'll be back after this. We're back in the spread zone. We've got the watchable section, our favorite section. Every week we go over our matchups, who we're excited to see. We rank all the games for week five this week. Just to mention real quickly, the buys are Cleveland Browns, L.A. Chargers, Seattle Seahawks, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Couldn't be better for Seattle right now with Geno Smith. But Dave, we got our Thursday night game. I know we're going to be talking about this for about five seconds. We got the Chicago Bears at the Washington Commanders. Commanders are favorite. Mr. Wolf is not going to be up for this game. Commanders are favored by six and a half at home. Over under is 44. Commanders, I'm not even sure. (laughs) 
I mean, here's the thing. Once again, what did I tell you this past week? Stay away from the Eagles because that D line can um, hold hold that Eagles defense, Eagles offense in check. I think um, that success that Justin Fields and the Bears experienced for about two and a half quarters on Sunday, I don't think they're going to find that quite as easy to repeat against that defensive line. I do think the commanders are pretty desperate here. You know, they had a lot of good vibes after mm-hmm. beating two very bad teams the first two weeks of the season. I think that was very obviously fool's gold. You know, they, they gave a, a great effort against the Eagles on Sunday, but as I said, they always played them well, but they're going to need to get this one. I, I think they cover easily. I think, I don't think this one's very uh, competitive. Yeah. I, I, I see it only being close because of the physical nature of the game against the Eagles. But again, I think the Bears, they're just done. I think we're going to have a special pod soon with my buddy Sean to kind of go over just the state of affairs up in Chicago. I, I don't know. Did you see that Ryan Poles Twitter video of the basically comparison from the second quarter, how excited they were about the win to then moving to the fourth quarter and how they just <laughs> look so dejected? Yeah. I think that's going on there. I do agree with you with the commander's defense. I think the offense is going to – do enough. Brian Robinson's going to have a great game again as well. I like the commanders at six and a half to win by a touchdown or more. YouTube TV Sunday ticket. These are our must watch games. You better have YouTube TV Sunday ticket. Yes, it's moved from direct TV. This one Matt actually Gale might be not. Matt Gill could not endorse it more. It could not. We, we are still waiting. Up. ETPB. We ESPN, will this actually, Correct me if I'm wrong. This game's in London, so this might only be on ESPN Plus. So this you might... one actually, actually, it's an even different one. Last week, the London game was ESPN Plus and Toy Story or whatever. Yes, um, yes. This, Which was cool. This week, this week, did you make your son watch it? <laughs> Well, I didn't. I no. I had a game coach uh, soccer, so but yeah. I saw some highlights, so I'm like, this is kind of cool. So what? Um, we're... This is an NFL Network exclusively this particular week. So YouTube TV again. Get the sports package. Yep. Get the sports package. I think this is gonna be a great game. Jacksonville Jaguars at Buffalo Bills in London. Bills are the home team, and they are favored by five and a half. Over under is forty eight and a half. I like the over on this easily smash that down. As far as the game, I think this is going to be closer than we think. Jacksonville's actually been in England for the whole entire week after playing the the Falcons last week. I am leaning towards the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to actually uh, go a little bit against you on this one. I mean, you do have the Bills winning. I I think Buffalo is going to win this one pretty handily. I, I think that it's almost like when you go over there for two weeks when you're the Jags, it's like you you set out there to get a split. It's almost like the road team, you know, the road team, the underdog in a seven-game playoff series in basketball. You go out there to get – if you get that first one, then you're you're on the road. You relax. You're You're bored. You're, you know, like you're 10,000 miles away from home. I can see them kind of letting down a bit. That was a pretty easy win against the Falcons last week. The Bills are flying high. They got a ton of momentum. And I definitely think, you know, that I think we start to see some of those offensive issues that we've seen from the Jags earlier in the season come back against a good Bills defense. I I think, you know, maybe it's close for a quarter two. I think the Bills won by double digits. 
Fair, fair. I, I, I am leaning towards the Bills. I do think there is that chance traveling across the pond to get to London could cause some issues. Jacksonville's been there, but I do like the over 48 and a half. I'm going to lean towards Bills as well as favorites, five and a half points. Next one, you know, this week's got a lot of decent matchups, not a lot of amazing ones. I, I don't know what you think about this one, Dave. The Philadelphia Eagles at LA Rams. Rams are underdogs by four. Eagles are favored by four at SoFi Field. Over, under is 50 and a half. It, what, what are your thoughts on this game? You think it should be deserving of a, a Sunday ticket watch? I don't know what to make of this game, really. It's hard to know what to make of the Rams. You know, they they had that big week win, week one win over the Seahawks in Seattle. Um, everyone started to sort of drink the Kool Aid. You know, McVeigh's doesn't matter that they're depleted. McVeigh's mm-hmm. then you know they come out immediately lose two straight to the 49ers and the Bengals, and then it's you know riding them off, and then they manage to both blow out almost choke to the the Colts, but they ultimately get the the job done there. It's really tough to know what to make of this team. This is one of those this is one of those games I feel like I would just stay the hell away from for the most part. But I think if if I had to guess, I think the Eagles know they they barely escaped with one on on Sunday. They didn't mm-hmm. play very well. Maybe it's you know the best of both worlds for the Eagles where it's the wake up call, but they still got the win. Um, I think they probably Rams keep it close for a little while, but uh, again, yeah. you know, with all these East Coast teams with rabid fan bases, when they go out and play LA, you get a ton of Northeasterners who have a, be a home moved, game. who've moved to California. They go, you know, I think it's it's fifty percent Eagles fans, not not much of a home field advantage, and I think the Eagles probably pull away and cover pretty easily. I'm leaning towards the Eagles too. I think LA Rams. There's just a talent, the this you know discrepancy there for that team. I do think Puka is Cooper Cup. Possibly, I think he's been activated off the pop, but I don't think he's going to be. I think he's a week away. Yeah, yeah I think he's, yeah. he's more yeah. likely to come back this week. But that that'll be fun once they have both of them back on the field. You know, that McVay yeah. offense is designed for someone to just rack up catches. So with two of them, it'll be fun. I will say, quick little note here. Speaking of the Eagles, did you happen to notice that? Two New York Giants players were injured last night trying to do the stupid Eagles play. I did. I saw that. I hope at some point we're we're starting to get a little momentum there on that rugby play. Can't, Not can't wait. Can't wait for all the Eagles fans who are who are saying that that everyone's whining and trying to blame it, yeah. trying to ban it because it's unfair. Can't wait for them to uh, change their tune real quickly I'm, and throw a, a pity party when it's, Jalen Hurts. You know, suffers Hurts a stinger. Or Jason Kelsey breaks his leg, yep. man. I'm. Yep. I, it, it's just a matter of time. I, you know, I, I, I don't think it's a football play. I'm sorry. It's no, just not. No it's a, also, no one wants to ban it because it's unfair. It. No, you're great. Man. Good job. I don't. I don't care about that. It's effective. It's not football, and it's dangerous. <laughs> right. The We're all about play. safety now, but yet you want to yeah. include this play that literally has. 22 bodies smashing into each yeah, other smashing and- their necks at, right <laughs> above the ground yeah it's just idiotic and, I, I, let's move on to something yeah, happier yeah, the scott yeah, hansen yeah. red zone scott hansen red zone the dapper the man himself scott <laughs> hansen red zone time 
Houston Texans at Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are favored by two over-unders, 41. I like this game. I was close Back. to being picked as a Sunday ticket, but I'm definitely having this on red zone. Bajon Robinson versus C.J. Stroud. It's going to be a good game. Boy, what can you say about C.J. Stroud? We, we talked a lot about him last week, and you know he proved a Continued to prove worthy of that praise. He was really, really good on Sunday against the Steelers. I don't want to say I told you so, but at, at the beginning of the season, I did. I, I do recall sitting there saying, I think the Texans are going to be have quite a few more wins than people yep. expect. And it's the D'Amico Ryans factor. You know, that the he's guy's just, just a got, G, man. He is a G. He's it got is. charisma out the ass. It's He's obviously. That perfect age also where a lot of these kids on defense probably grew up watching him play and and idolizing him. He's a legend in Houston. Great dude. He's got them believing. And, you know, at this point, they're in a weak division. I don't know that they, you know, I don't know that we're saying playoffs or anything, but there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to get six, seven, eight wins. They're the best looking team in the division so far. I think they'll play consistently. I mean, I think, what were your thoughts on that Matt Collins, Desmond Ritter thing? Did you you even see that? The dust up on the sideline in the game? Yeah. Who's their backup (laughs) in Atlanta? The backup is Taylor Heineke, which I'm not, he's not good at anything, but he's been fine as a backup. You know, he, he started quite a few games for Washington over it the last couple years. It might be Heineke time after. I'm, I'm a little surprised. I think they want to, you know, say that they gave Desmond Ritter every every shot. I, I think unless he gets pulled in the middle of a game, I, I think they're going to stick with Desmond Ritter. And Ritter for and, at least another month or two. And, and I get it, and uh, I don't want to divert off here, but I get it. You wanted to draft Bajon Robinson. You had a high draft pick in the draft, but this it's team, like we said, yeah. but this team though, looks like they could use a guy named Lamar Jackson. That could would have been maybe, uh, would have been maybe, a pretty good player to have on this team. Yeah, to, to maybe trade for. I mean, I know you're not getting Bajon, uh, but I. I like Tyler Algiers. I think Patterson still has some legs left and, you know, as a veteran, ah, you got Drake London. I mean, he's just – and Kyle Pitts. God, you don't – I mean, that's the thing. I see it's the running joke is the Chiefs are trying to – should trade for Pitts and save him from purgatory. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to know if – I mean, I bet a bunch of teams are sort of wondering as we get closer to the trade deadline whether they should make a, a little run at – Kyle Pitts. I, I think it'd be interesting to see the alternate universe out there where the Colts don't pull the trigger on Anthony Richardson. If he falls, he's still there at pick eight. Do the Falcons still take Bajan with a quarterback on the board? Or it's an interesting little alternate universe to think about. It is. It is. It's always good. I don't I don't think we've even talked to I we we digress too far here. Yeah. yeah. I we're, think I probably yeah. I think I'd probably take the Falcons to win this one. I think at some point, like CJ Stroud's not going to go the whole his whole rookie year without throwing an interception. I agree. Really that and that defense has played well enough, right? That yeah, defense has played well enough compared to yeah. last year. So next Agreed. game is the the Kansas City Chiefs at the Minnesota Vikings. Chiefs are favored by four and a half in Minnesota. Over under is fifty three. This game could be thirty five, thirty. Could be. 20 to 10. 
It depends on what, what kind of Kirk Cousins and what kind of Mahomes offense we're going to get. Certainly should be the biggest test for that Spags defense that we've seen so far. You know, a couple of stud wide receivers. Cousins has, except for except for a couple of regrettable plays there on Sunday, Cousins has played pretty well overall this season. Yes. Um, He's not the know, reason I, they're losing. Let's correct, just say correct. that. Correct. Yeah. I, I mean, it's there. It's hard to know what to make of that Vikings team as well. They sort of are a little reminiscent of the Rams to me. I, I don't, there's a lot of talent there. It's just not really all coming together. Yeah. Quite right. yeah. There's I, something about that. I, I think the Chiefs probably pull away. I think the Vikings hang with them for two or three quarters mm-hmm. and, and the Chiefs get the job done at the end. I, I think the Chiefs cover this game. I think it's going to be back and forth. It'll be a good game. And we got Justin Jefferson. How are they going to defend him as well for the Chiefs? That's a big problem. But I, I, that Vikings defense, not a lot of, I, I think, just opportunities for them to be able to stop Mahomes. Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are favored by one and a half over unders 42 and a half. Interesting game. I think this is going to be a really good chess match in terms of how – how the hell knows gonna what defend him? Uh, it should be a good test for Anthony Richardson. Really, almost led them all the way back. If you really, I was thinking after that game, boy, if you really, it would have been if they had gotten that win on Sunday. You, they, they might have, they might have had a, a shot at a little bit of a playoff berth there. Because they'd be sitting there at three and one, and you know they're five games: Jaguars, Browns, Saints, Panthers, and then going up past that, Patriots. That's how they go into their bye. So those next six games, if they if they were three and mm-hmm. one going into Sunday, I mean, even still, they have a chance to really make a run. At this point, if Richardson stays healthy, I think they should expect to stay in a lot of games. But boy, if they were three and one going into this stretch of six games, they. They honestly could have run away with the AFC South by the by week. Yeah, I, I don't know what to think of the Titans. I mean, they lost. I don't know what to think of the whole division. Really. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, I mean, what I feel like we should just, happen? hey, you want to flip a coin yeah. real quick and heads is Titans and tails yeah. is uh, Colts. I'm leaning more towards the Titans just because of the defense. But, you know, Tannenhill's corpse is just I don't know what to think of that offense for Tennessee. Is it going to be good enough for for four quarters? And, and the Colts, I, I, honestly, I, I think Shane Steichen is probably deserving of if they continue. Now, obviously, won't be coach of the year, but like he's done a hell of a job. So has I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the Cardinals a little too later on, but like. So is Gannon. I mean, I, I think that's part of the issue with the Eagles. They've lost two great coordinators, even For though sure. Gannon's defense in the Super Bowl was whatever. But I, I'm getting sidetracked here again. I, I'm leaning towards the Titans in Indianapolis at uh, one and a half. I think I'm. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go all in on the Colts here for a, okay. to make a little make a little run here. I think I'm gonna lean towards the Colts. And you know, I mean, at this point, why wouldn't Jonathan Taylor? come back and play that they, they have a chance to actually really do something. And you it's know, Anthony that, Richardson, man. Like, wouldn't that be kind of fun to play with him? Yeah, you can, you can unlock a lot. Of, I mean, very similar. You can really start to run a lot of this, the stuff that you saw the Eagles run last year with Hertz and Miles yeah. Sanders or Hertz and Boston Scott or Kenneth Gainwell, any of those guys. 
you know, stuff we've seen them run pretty successfully this year with, with Swift in there. I mean, that, honestly, you could, you could turn that offense into a pretty dangerous offense with Jonathan Taylor back there. So I, I, I think he should come back. I think that'd be fun. So you're taking Colts one and a half. I'm going to take the Colts. Yeah. Who are favored at one and a half Baltimore Ravens at Pittsburgh Steelers. Ravens are favored by four and a half in Pittsburgh over under is 38 and a half. This is going to be ugly rivalry AFC North game. It's not going to be cold. I don't think, you know, still early October, but. Still got a crisp 38.5 on that over under it's, it's, it's yeah. We're being treated like it's a cold weather game. That's for sure. Do is Pickett all reports planning to play? I believe so. I, I, I haven't seen what, anything. What are your thoughts to, on – I know we talked about Steelers as a disappointment, but, like, any consideration of Trubisky? <laughs> You're thinking. I know it's crazy, I know. too. I know. My, my, my official reaction – that is my my official answer is what, what, uh, what came out of my mouth. Uh, I don't think it matters. I mean, I don't think it matters. Shoot cameras. Um, you taking I, the Ravens? Yeah, I am taking the Ravens. Uh, the only reason I think they took, they don't they wouldn't cover is maybe just super low scoring. But I do think I haven't seen any indications that the Steelers can shut down Lamar Jackson, Dave Flowers. Those guys are going to get fair. done. I, I think fair. the Ravens. I, I'm leaning more towards the Steelers. I think it's going to be just another close game. They burned me already twice this year. Why not go for three times? Hell, let's just do it. Time, baby. Uh, maybe I'll learn after week five. You, you know. Come back next week and and we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, sleepy time. It's nap time. We'll get your Z's. Carolina Panthers at Detroit Lions. Lions are favored by nine in Detroit. Over under is 44 and a half. Carolina Panthers are just kind of a lot. I just don't I'm not really sure I know what the Panthers are doing on any given week. I think I think they're just purposely trying to get their lumps in right now. Um, and and you know go. what's crazy? We forgot to mention this. You know the Bears have the first and second overall picks in the draft next year? Yep. Right now? I mean, I'm not – but – Every cloud they, has a silver lining, my friend. And imagine if they took two quarterbacks. I mean, is that out of the realm of possibility? Just take two and I'd be like, hey, you guys compete. Caleb – Caleb Williams and Drake May back to back. Well, let's run. They're going to go like some fantasy leagues. Two quarterbacks. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't want to talk about this game, Bert. Yeah, I, I, I'm with the Lions. I think they. I, I, they. I think yeah. that defense is going to just destroy Bryce Young. I do think Adam Thielen's going to have a great game again. He's he's done pretty well um, the last few weeks in fantasy with catches. Uh, but I just don't think this Panthers team is, is equipped to be uh, physically up against this offensive line and, and the defense as well. Lions are, again, favored by nine points at Ford Field. New York Giants at Miami Dolphins, another game that we will not be spending a m- much time Dolphin. talking about. Dolphins 10 and a half in Miami over under 49 and a half. Dave says Dolphins all day every day. I think the Dolphins are going to be pissed. I think they're just going to destroy yep, the game. It's it's get right. Daniel Jones is not right. Hope you enjoy that that contract. Dabble too. 
you're probably <laughs> pissed after last night. You probably already yeah. knew it. You're just like, sometimes you, you sign on the dotted line when you know, I don't think this is right. Maybe it's a car. Maybe it's whatever. That's Daniel Jones for you guys. <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals at Arizona Cardinals. Bengals are favored by three in Arizona. Over-under is 44 and a half. Arizona's been pesky all year. They've done a, you know, a great job, I think, being competitive in every game, at least for a half. You yeah, got the Cardinals? Maybe. You got the Bengals? What, who are you leaning towards? Um, I got the Bengals in this one. You can you can keep you can keep getting fooled by the Steelers. I will keep getting fooled by the Bengals. But it, it, to quote the late Yogi Bear, it, it's getting late early around here for the Bengals. They need this one. I think yeah. you're going to see a different team coming. They have to have this one. Cardinals are due for a stinker at some point. They, they've been too pesky all year long. I think you see, you know, bro, indoors, maybe a little more comfortable, no elements of yeah. the I think the, I think the Bengals cruise in this one. Uh, one thing to just, just be aware of and watch, I think, is the field. That turf, obviously, last year had some issues in the Super Bowl week. It's just okay. a thought. I'm leaning towards I, I Bengals too. I'm I not... hadn't heard from the city of Philadelphia. Well, <laughs> I mean, get over it. You guys got to stop them still. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think that Cincinnati definitely is it. I think this is kind of playing for their season. They lose this game. It, it's really going to be the season of hell. To, to be honest, for them, that's the Bengals favored by three. We both like the Bengals in that game. Hunters. Bum of the week matchups for a second straight week. We've got the Denver Broncos in here, ladies and gentlemen. It's the New York Jets at Denver Broncos. Broncos are favored by two. I don't know how the hell that's possible. It's over under is 43. The Denver Broncos defense was talked about supposedly being good this year. They are trash. I'm taking the Jets. I, I don't think I, I I'm not convinced like Chris Collinsworth was about Zach Wilson, but he looked different. He had, you know, looked decisive, made his decisions, you know, it was quick. I'm taking the Jets on this game. I don't want to spend much time on it, but I, I say Jets. Uh, I'd probably pick the Jets if it was at the place, but I, I'm not convinced that uh, we uh, can see a consistent <laughs> Interesting. New Orleans Saints at New England Patriots is our other Hunter's Bum Rush game of the week. Patriots are favored by one and a half at Gillette Stadium. Over-under is 40 and a half. Man, it's it's gotten bad for Patriots and tough to know what to think of the the Derek Carr-led Saints. Uh, I think it's clear there's something really wrong with that defense in New Orleans. I'll think anytime... There's something really wrong with the offense. I don't think you want to go into Gillette and play the Patriots. I think both of these teams are not very good, but I will take lean towards the Patriots on this one. I as well will lean towards the Patriots as well. I, For a glimmer of a second there, I thought the Saints were going to be the team to win that division NFC South. I'm more leaning towards, I think, Tampa Bay at the moment, but things could obviously change. I, I am leaning towards the Patriots as well. Sunday night game. Maybe game of the year, Dallas Cowboys at San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco's 
favored by three and a half over under is 45. I think this is the first real test for Brock Purdy. It is indeed. Uh, if you look at the four pass defenses that he's faced so far this year, even if you want to take those pass defenses back to the start of last year, um, their rankings uh, by expected points added on passes since the start of 2022, Pittsburgh 31st, LA Rams 22nd, Giants 14th, Arizona 27th. So those are, you know, we have, this is going to be the biggest test Brock Purdy has faced this year. You know, definitely a game the Cowboys are going to miss Trayvon Diggs in uh, you know, to have him be able yep. him and Gilmore to be able to put on, you know, Samuel, Brandon, Ayuk, those guys would, would definitely be a big advantage. I think if you're the Cowboys, if you're going to win this game, it's, it's just going to be all about controlling Christian McCaffrey and getting after the quarterback. You know, the pass rush is going to be the thing that gets him, you know, Shanahan's so damn good at scheming against that yes, though, not and taking advantage of aggressive pass rushes, you know, leaking Christian McCaffrey out, out of that lane, taking advantage and putting mm-hmm. them where the D, the DN is crashing in from just a good matchup of minds. So the Cowboys did and you know, the Cowboys didn't lose that, that playoff game in San Francisco because of the defense. The defense did more than enough to win it. They, the offense just, especially after Tony Pollard bro- broke his leg, just didn't have enough juice. Right. In that in that playoff game, if the Cowboys had Tyron Smith fully healthy and their full offensive line, I think I'd lean towards the Cowboys. I think at full strength on offense, I think they're probably better than the 49ers. But without without a, a fully healthy Tyron Smith, I just don't know if they'll be able to give Dak enough time to really get the job done. That home field advantage, not great in Santa Clara, but probably enough to get the job done. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's going to be a physical matchup. This is going to have a playoff feel to it, I think. I think the Cowboys are going to have have kind of a chip on their shoulder to really want to uh, prove to America, like, hey, we want to be that team this year after last year's playoff loss. I still am leaning towards the 49ers at the moment at three and a half. I just – yeah, if you're at full strength, I think I would take the points with the Cowboys, right, to, to cover. But 49ers, man, are just – they seem like that team this year. I think the juggernaut team. You got McCaffrey, you got Ayuk back. That's healthy. Debo Samuel, that offensive line is pretty strong. I think this will be really, like you said, that true test, though, for the line to see where they're at. Trent Williams, he's getting up up there in age as well kind of thing. But I'm really looking forward to the game. And, and I think, you know, for us, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more in our picks about this as well. Monday night, we finally only have one game. Even the last week only had one game. But Green Bay Packers <laughs> at Las Vegas Raiders. Packers are favored by two and a half in Vegas. Over-unders, 44 and a half. I'm on Green Bay. Uh, Vegas, uh, they're not well coached. Okay. I think Aiden Co- O'Connell, I jinxed him, provided a little bit of spark, but took six sacks against Mac. Uh, Raiders, dude, they just seem like they look lost. Definitely a definitely a bit of a train wreck, that's for sure. Um, I think Raiders can probably keep it close if Jimmy G plays. Still, it sounds like it's still pretty un- up in the air whether or not he's going to get out of that concussion protocol. I think the Packers need a need a big need a big performance here on the road. This is one of your easiest road games you're going to play. 
not a great home field advantage, not a great team should mm-hmm. be a good opportunity. No, whether or not an issue for, you know, Jordan love to get out there, have a, have a big game. I'm going to take the Panthers in this one. And that's our watchable section. When we come back, we are going to go through our week five picks and the much anticipated Lee Corso locks of the week. And we're back in the spread zone. It's time for the Lee Corso lock of the week. Dave, don't be jealous. I know you're a little upset. I'm coming in at 4-0, baby, after last week with the Rams and that overtime win. I'm feeling really good about just the Rams win. That that was a great pick, I think, for me. Undefeated so far. Don't, don't pull a I muscle, pat, pat yourself I on know, the back. I know, I know, right? Down. I might need to get this WWE belt next or whatever. My Lee Corso lock of the week is going to be the Green Bay Packers two and a half over the Raiders in Las Vegas on Monday night. The Packers played on Thursday night last week against the Lions. Tough game. They've had over 10 days to prepare for the Raiders. They're going to be rested, ready to go. I like Green Bay two and a half points they're favored by two and a half in vegas they are going to win by three or more points put it down put money on it green bay packers is my league corso lock of the week dave where are you going i'm going getting myself fooled for the 9,000th time by the cincinnati Bengals. i do think i'm going to go with a desperate team i think this is their last stand as we mentioned earlier three points i think they can easily get the job done in a tepid road environment in arizona i'm gonna go with the Bengals to easily cover that three-point spread and dave was one two and one on the year so far he had can't see last week just kind of towards the end there obviously didn't cover the nine points yeah. sorry about that they but say, they say great teams cover massa you know I'm sorry about that for you. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> to recap, our Lecos Corso lock of the weeks, Green Bay Packers favored by two and a half in Vegas. Dave takes Cincinnati at three points in Arizona. When we get come back, we will give you our week five picks, and that will be it. Now to our week five picks. Last week, we were a dismal one and four. I shouldn't even recap how bad last week was. Dave, you had the Baltimore Ravens covering against the the Cleveland Browns at two and a half. I had the Buffalo Bills over the Miami Dolphins. Other than that, we were wrong. I picked Cleveland. We picked Cincinnati, New Orleans, and New England last week. We need a rebound. We we need something. We're t- so far. I'm 10, 10, and one on the year. Dave is nine, eleven, and one in our week five picks. First matchup: Baltimore Ravens at Pittsburgh Steelers. Ravens are favored by four and a half in Pittsburgh. Dave, where are you going? Going with the Ravens. I think the Steelers stink. I'm taking the stinky Pittsburgh Steelers at four and a half. Next game, Houston Texans at Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are favored by two. I am going to take the Texans. I am go- I am on the CJ Shroud train. I tank Dell, Nico Collins, da- Dalton Schultz. They are playing hard, man. I probably burn and crash and burn with D'Amico Ryans, but I'm a believer. I think the Texans 
are going to be a long shot, but I think they win the AFC South. Mark my wow. words. I'm, I'm going to say it now. I think C.J. Stroud is not going to come down to whatever that, you know, the the mean. He's playing at a great level. I think he could be rookie of the year. Look at you, big guy. That's an impressive ballsy pick. We'll see how wrong it proves to be. I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons. I do like C.J. Stroud. I do like D'Amico Ryans. I do think they're in for a bit of a wake-up check. Uh, all rookies have one at some point. Um, I'm going to say John Robinson breaks off a couple long runs and the Falcons win this one. And that is Atlanta Falcons favored by two. Philadelphia Eagles at Los Angeles Rams. Philly is favored by four at SoFi Field in Los Angeles. I'm taking the Eagles. I think this game is close, but Eagles at the end of the game, they they pull ahead. Per, I, I think they win by... 10 plus points. I am taking the Eagles with their home field advantage in Los Angeles. All those Northeasterners who love to talk about how much they love the Northeast, but live in California, 3000 miles away. will show up for the birds. Uh, Eagles cover that one. I like this. We got a little, little different picks compared to last year or last week. Not a lot of the same ones. New York Jets at Denver Broncos. Broncos are favored by two at Mile High Stadium. I think that's the name. Probably not. I'm a believer in the Jets defense. Almost got you there. I thought you thought I was going to say Zach Wilson, uh, but I am taking the Jets in Denver. I think the Denver Broncos are just one of the worst. Worst teams in the league. Uh, it, it, there's no secret. I think that defense is going to suffocate Russell Wilson. They're probably going to get, I think, uh, a defensive touchdown in the game. Zach Wilson, I think, improves. And, and after that game against Kansas City on Sunday night, I'm taking Jets. Woe be it to you to pick Zach Wilson two weeks in the row, the second time on the road. I'm going with my boy, Dangerous Wilson. <laughs> Let's ride those Denver Let's ride, baby. Let's ride. And our game of the year, Dallas Cowboys at San Francisco 49ers. 49ers are favored by three and a half. This is going to be a great game. Physical. Cowboys are going to be, at, I, I think, out for revenge. I'm still leaning towards San Francisco 49ers. I, I This is the most complete team in, it, in the NFL right now. Barring any injuries, I think this might be the best team. I think they have a great shot at not running the table, but making it to the Super Bowl and winning. I'm taking San Francisco at three and a half. I think I think it's going to be a shaky performance from Brock Purdy. I think the Cowboys defense plays him well, maybe forces a couple turnovers. I just have concerns about the Cowboys offensive line ability to hold up without that starting tackle. You know, that is not a team with their pass rushers. You want to be down either of your starting tackles. Terrence Steele more on the on the other side, more of a run blocker as his strength than pass blocking. So I worry about the pass coverage on the the pass protection on the edges i think that the 49ers win a close one and but probably squeak out of cover let's hope these go better than one and four last week uh again to recap my picks are pittsburgh at four and a half houston plus two philly uh favored by four new york jets in denver and san francisco dave baltimore Atlanta, Philly, Denver, San Francisco. 
looking forward to week five. I think it's going to be some, some great hard-hitting games. Looking forward to the Chiefs, Vikings, Cowboys, 49ers. This has been another great episode of the Spread Zone. Until next week, my friend. Happy football.